Guys, this is going to be a great episode with our friend Cody Nelson of the Outdoorsman. And Cody's going to be recapping his 2016 Arizona archery elk hunt. And he, you're going to get to hear about how he harvested a great bull and uh, had a really good uh, elk hunt. You're also going to get to hear about uh, Swarovski Optic is doing its 25-year uh, anniversary uh, big sale. And uh, Cody's going to tell you all about that. Before we get to that, I want to thank you guys for all your support uh, that you give me here at this podcast. It's just awesome. And the amount of emails and Facebook messages and Instagram messages uh, with with you guys sending me questions and, and comments and uh, sending me pictures of of your past uh, successes on your hunts is just uh, phenomenal. I want to encourage you guys to keep it up. Also, uh, you can keep tagging J. Scott Outdoors or J. Scott Outdoors podcast on Instagram. I love seeing that uh, on there. So just thanks so much for your support. You can also send me an email, uh, jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. I'm happy to take uh, any email that you send. And I try and respond uh, right away. Uh, before we get to this episode with Cody Nelson, I just wanted to uh, remind you guys that the title sponsor of my podcast is GoHunt.com Insider. And GoHunt.com Insider is doing a free 30-day uh, uh, trial. Uh, so you can sign up for the Insider for 30 days for free. And you can uh, see why I think it's the best resource a Western hunter could have. In this 30-day free trial exclusive for the J. Scott Podcast listeners, all you have to do is go to GoHunt.com forward slash J. Scott. Click on the blue free trial button and go through the steps. It only takes a couple minutes. You'll be provi- uh, required to provide a credit card, but you'll not be charged until after the free 30 days. You can cancel at any time within the first 30 days to prevent being charged. If you have any questions at all, you can email freetrial at gohunt.com and someone from the GoHunt team will promptly respond. And I've already had a ton of listeners that have emailed me and told me that they have tried out the free uh, 30-day trial. And I would say 90% of those people uh, have uh, kept that uh, subscription. And once you see the value and all of the the hunt statistics and the draw odds uh, and the uh, hunt strategy articles and the application strategy articles, Uh, that are exclusive to the Insider, you're going to see what a great resource it is. I want to thank GoHunt.com for their uh, title sponsorship of this podcast. They've been with me since the beginning. So remember to go to GoHunt.com forward slash J. Scott. That's all one word, J. Scott. And um, you can go through the steps there. Also want to thank uh, Phonescope, uh, The Outdoorsman's, and Real Game Calls. Uh, guys, let's get right to this episode with Cody Nelson, and thanks again for your support. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we have good friend Cody Nelson of the Outdoorsman's. Uh, Cody, how you doing? I'm doing real good, Jay. How are you? Pretty good. The last time I saw you was uh, nighttime, <laughs> and there was a big bull in the back of the truck that had... Uh, main beams that were like the size of uh cody goff's uh uh quads yeah it's uh 
yeah, we did pretty good. We had a uh, we had a good successful hunt, and it was good to catch up with you over in the in central Arizona over there. We had a good one. It, yeah, uh, for I, sure. I, I, um, I feel fortunate. Yeah, you know, um, how many bonus points did you have, Cody? You know, I think uh, I was just thinking about that the other day. Um, I think I had nine points. And, you know, obviously my application, so, you know, I entered the entered it with 10, you know, 10 points, I guess you'd call it. And um, I actually drew on my second choice. You know, what's interesting, uh, you drew that 23 South, and it's kind of a love-hate relationship uh, for me. Um, it's a really rugged unit. Um, there's not a lot of elk. Um, the elk are spotty. Uh, the, the terrain is, 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 uh, kind of inhospitable. Uh, it's pretty steep. It's rocky. Um, it's pretty hard to get around. Don't forget Uh, the snakes. (laughs) There's rattlesnakes, there's chiggers, there's poison, uh, oak and ivy. There's all sorts of stuff that, you know, crawls and, and bites at you and, and, um, just covered up in chiggers and, um, but it, I mean, it, it can be a good elk hunt. There's some good bulls. Um, I've said in the past that, you know, there's 15 tags in there. And in my opinion, probably seven out of the 15 uh, really realistically don't really have a chance. Um, I mean, everybody has a chance. But as far as having things stacked against you on an elk hunt, um, 23 South offers that. And I think, you know, there, there have been some very good hunters that have struggled there, um, but, you know, there have been some giant bulls that have been killed, and just curious to get your take on um, what you thought about uh, the hunt this year and, and with the early start date of, you know, September 9th, and then, you know, having that full moon being on the 18th, I was just worried overall that, the, you know, uh, the, the state uh, hunt here in Arizona could be a tough one. Yeah, you know, Jay, it's funny you say that because, um, you know, Unit 23 kind of threw everything at us that you could, you know, we dealt with some rain, we dealt with some, you know, and not that the weather was the factor, biggest factor, but um, it, it was it was the hottest uh, archery season that I can ever remember. Um, I, you know, there was places that we hunted that were low, there was places that we hunted that were high, and I do not believe that there was a single time that um, the temperature got below 50 degrees. Yeah, which, and, and, you know, I, I've been in that unit before when some of the mornings, you know, are, you know, 37, 38 degrees. The, and, well, um, and, and I think that that, you know, you talk about, um, you know, making the bulls, you know, you talk about dictating the morning. Those, I mean, they're they're done. I mean, you know, you, you couple that with the full moon like we had in the middle of that hunt. Um, you know, it made for some pretty short mornings and pretty short evenings. I can tell you that. Yeah, I mean, it. It. I was just there for the last five days of the archery season, but it seemed like, and I'll bet early on, um, you know, they 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 would go for probably an hour in the morning, and then they'd probably go for fifteen minutes at night, and so you're your windows of opportunity, if you're a caller, or even if you're up on point glassing, 
um, you know, if it's hot, a lot of times they're just going to dive back to the trees. Curious yeah. what you what you saw for that hunt. Um, well, and and Jay, what you're what you're saying is absolutely true. We in the mornings we typically had pretty good, you know, vocal, you know, at least audible, you know, uh, locating. Um, I will tell you that the first five or six days, I thought the bulls, you know, they were they were not interested. They would respond, but they would. It was not like you were. They were engaging you, like, "Hey, let's play." Um, it, it was a. It was a standoffish uh, kind of a. You know, we're going to keep our distance kind of thing. And they, I can just tell you, the first five or six days was. We were in. I would tell you that you know there was a couple afternoons that were kind of slow, but I was pretty much in bulls every morning and you know most of the evenings. Um, but it, 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 it was just, it just wasn't ready yet. And the bulls, they just were not, you know, completely receptive to, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, calling it, it just wasn't ready yet. So how much know, of that do you think was, you know, starting on September 9th, as opposed to say starting on the 14th or 15th? Oh, I, you know, I, I think five, five or six days. Later. Well, I mean, just take the, take the second half of the hunt. Um, which is when I ended up killing my bull. And so you take the second half of the hunt, you know, on that Saturday evening, boy, Jay, I mean, it was like somebody flipped on a light switch. And and I will tell you that even with the full moon the way it was, um, I just felt like there was a noticeable difference in the interest and the the um, the, the reciprocation on, on bulls either responding, you know, to a call, whether it was a bugle or, you know, you could just tell that there was, it was a completely different feeling and that they were interested in, and it was getting them, you know, fired up. Well, that's good. Um, we got a lot to talk about on your elk hunt. Um, before we get to that, um, I know with the outdoorsman's there being the optics authority, um, you've got a pretty big announcement, um, and I thought it was cool that we were going to go ahead and make that announcement here on the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Uh, what is going on over there with the big October 1st announcement? Well, uh, you know, Jay, it's a, it's, it's a pretty cool deal because, you know, those of us that have, you know, kind of been hunting and paying attention and, and, uh, and, and being able to see uh, the, the progression of optics over the you know, the last 25 years, and, and I think I just let it out of the bag, um, Swarovski is announcing their, their 25th anniversary uh, in the United States, North America, and uh, they're very proud of that fact. Um, they've been very successful, and they are um, basically offering a huge savings um, from October 1st to December 31st. And uh, this is probably one of the best uh, sales that I've ever seen, you know, Swarovski put on. So and we're talking about Swarovski optics across the board. Um, do you have specifics as far yeah, as uh, uh, numbers Yeah, for you're us? looking at all, first of all, it's, it's the 25-year uh, North America anniversary. Um, it's the, the SLC binoculars, the EL ranges, the X5 scopes the Z5 scopes and the Z6 rifle scopes. So um, the only thing that's not on this is, is the, uh, is the, uh, the, the, the spotting scopes. 
and um, I, I mean, the the prices that are being offered um, are really, uh, you know, pretty awesome to say the least. Um, you're looking at, uh, like, say for instance, the the 1556s. Uh, normally they're 22.99, and those are going to be 19.99. So that's a that that's a healthy chunk right there. That's a that's literally a three hundred dollar savings. So sure, that's um, awesome. You yeah. know, um, having myself been a Swarovski supporter for a long time, um, I've actually been back to Swarovski, uh, the factory in Austria. I've actually been back there three times, and um, uh, just love the company, love the people. Uh, been fortunate to meet some of the family. Uh, of Swarovski and um, you know when you go back to the factory it everything there is first class uh, the factory you can literally eat off the floor and um, I've been using their optics for years um, and I was kind of thinking before we were going to do this uh, interview and I get asked all the time people wanting to know you know what optics I use and um, you know, I have the Swarovski uh, STX uh, uh, 30 to 70 95 millimeter spotting scope. Right. I have the uh, 10 power uh, EL range. I have the 10 power ELs. Right. I have the 1250 uh, ELs. Um, I have the fifth, the new 15s, and. You know, for me, the quality, Swarovski always has that wow factor. I mean, I know you carry all the optics, um, all the high-quality optics there at the Outdoorsman's, but I'm kind of partial in that. Um, to me, there's just no comparison. When you look through Swarovski's, it's, there's a definite wow factor. There's a crispness. There's a sharpness. Um, and I love the customer um, service policies and, and some of the warranties that they offer. And, you know, I've been a... Darn, I've been a Swarovski, you know, supporter probably for 20 years now. No, oh, absolutely, and and with good reason, Jay. There, you know, when you get into that top tier of optics, um, you know, the, the the glass gets so good. Um, in in you know, I sell I, I sell all of them, and you literally have to get to a point you have to pick out what's best for you. And, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you, when you look in my pack, um, there's almost always a, a, an STX-95. Um, I, I switch off between the 1250s and the 1556s, and you know, the 1250ELs and the, and, the, and the 1556 SLC. And then I almost always, without fail, my go-to every day on my chest binocular is an 8x42EL range. Um, and I'll tell you the, 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 the thing that was most impressive about the Swarovski stuff on this last hunt was, you know, all the big glass is great. And we, we did really good with that. But what was most interesting was, is that we had a full moon, uh, right in the middle of this elk hunt. And we walked out in, you know, to some of these places and with some of these bulls wanting to leave, you know, certain areas, you know, very early in the morning. With that full moon and an eight by forty six, or I mean, I'm sorry, an eight by forty two, I literally put my binocular in the hands of a couple people that I was with, and they were absolutely astounded that you could not only just see the elk and the bodies moving through the trees, 
you could actually depict and tell tine length, antler. I mean, the whole, I mean, there was no question as to what we were looking at. And so, yeah. you know, it, 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 the optics are just that good. And, you know, when you get into that upper, you know, uh, level of, of optics, that's what you should expect. Yeah, I mean, the light gathering capability with um, Swarovski's to me is, is incredible. Um, you, you sell a lot of uh, optics, but certainly Swarovski is, is way towards the top of the heap of optics that you sell, correct? Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I would tell you that, uh, you know, we offer and we try to listen to customers' needs. Um, but we do. Um, uh, Swarovski has is, is kind of been our, our our go-to glass for a while, not just because of what you know uh, you know what we sell, but really, truthfully, it's what people are asking for. And uh, and and you know you can't. There's nothing wrong with Zeiss. There's nothing wrong with Leica. Uh, Swarovski just seems to have had some kind of a combination as of lately, and they seem to be doing good and. And you know you can't rule out the Leica Ultravids or you know the 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 uh, the, the Zeiss Victory line or the SFs uh, you know the the, the the Victory SFs those are all good pieces of glass and um, you know you just you, you really got to uh, you got to go in you got to look through them you got to put your hands on them you got to put them to your eyes and you got to decide what's best for you and uh, and based off of those you know things. Um, we will help you with those kind of decisions, and and uh, you know, but it's uh, right now. Um, Swarovski just happens to uh, to be putting on a pretty good uh, uh, sales promotion, and I think people are going to really, really dig into this one. That's awesome. So that runs from October first to the end of of the year to yeah, December thirty first. They're running this from October first to December thirty first. Okay, and, uh, so all all guys have to do is either come into the shop and they can be look through all of the optics line yep. uh, themselves, or they can call you on the phone. Uh, I believe it's a one eight hundred two nine one eight zero six five. Yes, sir. And so, um, you know, yeah. one thing I I always encourage people to. You know, if you have a chance and you and you live here locally and you can go in and, and actually look look at the glass and look through them, uh, I know the guys down at the Outdoorsman's encourage guys to come and take them out in the parking lot and there's some hills around where you can glass and, and take a look. Um, the other thing, you know, I think it's important for those people that are listening from, from out of town, uh, Cody and his guys there at the Outdoorsman's, they've been the optics authority uh, for, for many, many years. And um, I, 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 one question I would have for you, Cody, is for someone that orders online from you or over the phone from you, uh, I think there's a huge importance to ordering from a shop like the Outdoorsman's because I've seen so many situations where uh, things happen and having a personal relationship with the person that you get your optics from, if something were to go wrong or something were to happen, you could call up Cody or his guys and say, hey, I just uh, was packing my truck and I backed over my binoculars. What do I do? Well, I've heard you many times, Cody, have situations where you say, hey, come take my binoculars on your hunt. We'll get them sent off. You know, We'll get them taken care of. And rather than, you know, ordering from some of these big box stores and what have you, 
uh, where you don't know anybody there and you go to try and, you know, take them in or get any work done on them or what have you, uh, you know, they don't know you. The thing I, I've loved about the outdoorsman's for, you know, as long as I've known you and Floyd for over 20 years is uh, you guys are always there and, and, and you take care of people. I was just curious if you could speak to that. You know, Jay, I think that's what, what we try to do is, is we try to put ourselves in the, in, in the position or, you know, in the, in the, you know, circumstance of the buyer or customer. And I, it breaks my heart or it, I mean, it literally, I mean, you know, I've heard of, you know, guys getting stuff stolen, guys, you know, backing over stuff, guys dropping stuff, um, you know, off of, uh, <laughs> our, our buddy Dave dropping a, a pair of binoculars off a, a, a pair of a, a cliff. Um, I, I, we just try to put ourselves in, 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 in the, the circumstance of the customer and, and the ultimate thing that we try to do is, is that we really just try to make sure that their hunt or their experience in the optics world is not disrupted. Um, I, you know, we have gone out and, and gotten loaner sets from Swarovski for a guy. Um, I've given people my own personal optics a time or two. Um, and you know, it, it, it doesn't happen often, but you know, to somebody out there when it does happen, it's going to mean something. And we just always try to make sure that those people are taken care of. And I, I think that all the guys in the shop and, you know, we've all been in those, you know, quirky situations and, and, and no one likes to have it happen to them. But when it does, you, you like to know that someone's got your back. For so. sure. Let's, let's take a quick break right here, Cody. PhoneScope is a company that makes custom-molded, precisely engineered smartphone digiscoping adapters. Photographing wildlife has never been easier. It is simple to text photos and videos from your smartphone and share them with your friends. PhoneScope stands behind their product with a 100% money-back guarantee. Get yours now by using the JSCOT16 promo code and receive 10% discount on all purchases. Check them out at Phonescope, that's P-H-O-N-E-S-K-O-P-E dot com, or on Instagram, at Phonescope. Okay, Cody, um, why don't you give me a few more specifics on the Swarovski uh, sale that's going on so that the listeners can kind of get a breakdown on pricing, uh, and then sure. I've got uh, more questions for you on your elk hunt. Well, uh, all the EL ranges... Um, so you got the eight by forty two EL range and the ten by forty two EL range. Those are uh, those are going to be offered at uh, at three hundred dollars off, and uh, so I think that's going to be a really good value. Um, and then uh, the other thing that we are uh, that we're offering is that with that uh, that three hundred dollars savings, um, we're actually offering a free uh, stud install. Uh, and uh, in Bino, yeah, we're offering a free, you know, uh, uh, stud install with the EL range uh, or the uh, the SLCs. And explain for those listeners that don't understand what a stud and what a Bino adapter is. Sure. Uh, the Outdoorsman's has a, a, a pretty unique uh, mounting system in the in the optics world um, that we install a stud uh, either in your ELs or your SLCs that allows um, you to put that stud into a bino adapter that has what I like to call a dual locking process, um, which you'll find that most, um, and it's a quick release, so you can do it very quickly or you can um, uh, 
uh, you know, lock it in so that it, it, it snaps in once, and then it has a knurled knob that you you twist down and, and locks it in for you know for a, a safety measure. So um, it's a very unique system. Its value, you know, typically is um, for the ELs. It's you know sixty dollars for the 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 bino adapter, and it's uh, sixty dollars for the install. Um, and then on the regular SLCs, uh, the studs are seventeen dollars, and the bino uh, stud. Uh, it, I'm sorry, the bino adapter is then um, is sixty dollars. So you know your value is anywhere from about eighty bucks all the way to you know one hundred and twenty bucks on that deal. So uh, this I, I think this is a really good value for people. Um, but we are uh, you know really just trying to promote um, you know obviously uh, helping Swarovski you know with the 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 the, the sale and then also um, basically letting people know that you know mounting your optics on a tripod is is more efficient and uh, will help you find more game. Awesome. So, what are some of the other price breakdowns? Um, you know, you're you're looking at, at big savings on the X5s. You're looking at uh, uh, you know on certain scopes, you can save up to five hundred dollars depending on what scope it is and you know what uh, what package it is. And then, um, as usual, um, we are still uh, making our our uh, outdoorsman's uh, 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 custom turrets, and we are offering those with the sale. On all the X5, I'm sorry, on all the Z5, uh, uh, Z6, and Z6i products, as well as on the new X5 and X5i, um, we're doing a, a $99 credit towards uh, towards their turrets. So um, we're uh, we're really trying to help people get into uh, Swarovski scopes. Um, I, that that is one area that I fully and 100% every one of my guns. Um, has either a Z5 uh, or an X5 um, on it, um, and then with the turret capabilities, you know I don't have to think about it. It is a simple range, dial the yardage, and shoot, and uh, it, it makes it that simple. And, and the outdoorsmen can help you, uh, you know, achieve that that simplicity. Awesome. Well, that's uh, great that uh, Swarovski's. Uh doing this for their customers and it's uh man 25 years has gone by fast um absolutely that's, that's an awesome sale and i know you guys are going to do well with it i encourage the listeners uh, if they're looking for uh any optics if they're looking for swarovski specifically um to give you a call and take advantage of this sale um yep. anything else you you need to add with that promotion uh, no, uh, Jay. This, you know, just if anybody's got questions on, you know, specific pricings to specific products, um, we will give you the pricing that that is available to us, and uh, and and the uh, the values that that it'll save you. Um, I I I am so excited about this sale, uh, only from an aspect of, you know, Swarovski um, really doesn't do a whole lot of sales, and they were very excited about this, and. Uh, and you know, I, I think it's a good thing for for them, um, and it's a good chance for people that, I mean, I don't care who you are, saving 300 bucks on a pair of 15s is saving 300 bucks on a pair of 15s. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, and with with the holidays coming up and everything coming, I, I can't think of a better time to do a sale. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, I've I've got some other questions uh, sure. for you about your elk hunt and. 
part of it was your expectations uh, going into the hunt as far as, um, you know, what were you expecting? What, how was your, your, your mental mindset kind of going into the hunt? Um, and then compare that with as the hunt progressed, kind of your, your transition in thinking or, or how things were going along. You know, um, Jake, going into it, you know, uh, of course you always have that expectation that you're, you have an, you know, an archery elk tag in Arizona and in one of the, you know, arguably one of the best states or, you know, well, well, certainly one of the best states, but one of the best units in the state. And, you know, you, you start to have that, you know, like built up anticipation, like, oh, I'm going to go kill a giant. And, and, and I think going into this hunt, first of all, I've, I've been around and I've, I've helped on, on hunts with you and, and, and you, you, you don't want to get caught up in, oh, I'm going to go kill a 400 bull. And that's just where I I think that, 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 that when you get caught up in that, I, I ultimately think that, the truth is, is you're starting to miss the point and you're, and you're going to miss on something that really could be truly special. And, uh, so going into the hunt, I, I, you know, I had all that built up anticipation about the rut and bulls bugling and, you know, getting in, in, in inside the beehive as we like to call it. Um, you know, just when the bulls are frenzied up and, and the truth is, is that, that it was hot. Um, the mornings were slow, the nights were slower, um, I was fortunate to be pretty much in bulls, you know, every day. Um, n- I wasn't in bulls to where, quote unquote, we were engaged, but, you know, we were on them and, and working on them and trying to get close and trying to get views of them. And, and uh, you know, the first week, Jay, you know, my goals were, were in that 370 range. Um, we did find a uh we did find a, a 370 bull that that i was really close to being able to harvest um and the truth of it is is that if it weren't been for me locked in on another bull um i may have had a really good chance at at, at harvesting that bull and i flat out made a mistake I, as a matter of fact i made several mistakes on this hunt um how it, so well, you know, we, we had a perfect call set up we had a bull that we called the growler that absolutely we it took us three days to really get on him and understand what he was doing in the mornings because he wasn't doing the same thing. And when we finally figured out where he was, it was kind of one of those perfect mornings where, you know, it rained a little bit and it, it, it the brand checks that we've been walking on for, you know, three days or four days quieted up and everything just got real still and quiet and the air, the winds were good and we heard him bugle, and we got into position. We, we we pulled in on a little bench, and sure enough, that bull bugled. We cow called. We felt like you know we felt like he was engaging and coming. And the interesting part of it was is that that bull held up, and another little raghorn kind of snuck in on us. And in my mind, I'm thinking the whole time I'm looking at this raghorn. The raghorn is kind of. He was he was kind of coming around just trying to bite that wind and and get a little different you know smell on us you know what I mean yeah and sure enough and Dave and Mike were back behind me calling and and it, I mean it it worked perfectly I mean it drew this bull in on a string however <laughs> in the back of my mind I was thinking man that 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 can't possibly be the bull that was growling 
and I'm watching this bull come around to my right, and he's getting – he literally got within 10 or 15 yards of Dave and, 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 and our buddy Mike. The whole time I'm concentrating on this bull, guess who sneaks up across us and, and goes straight up the ridge at 35 yards in front of us? Well, the, the big 370 bull. Um, now, he was in some stuff, and it, it wasn't like he was just standing out in the open. Um, but it was kind of like a switch. He let the little bull go out in front of him, and then the big bull snuck in behind him and, and kind of went out and around us. And, I, and Jay, it's it just one of those moments that, you know what, you just got to keep your head on a swivel. And, and I was so locked into and so excited because it was our first call-in that my mind – was on that, you know, raghorn bull coming into the call. And I never, you know, I just never, it never even dawned on me, you know, to, to look around. And I just, it was, I was just caught up in the moment. And, and, uh, that 370 bull, you know, snuck by us and it was my fault. So in a different, if you would have been a little bit more aware, do you think you could have got a shot off from the from where you were actually standing or would well, you have just had to move just a little bit? To get I, a shot I think that two things happened, Jay, is that first of all, when, when we knew that the, the, you know, this raghorn that came in, you know, my instincts were going, God, it just doesn't sound like that kind of bull. And, you know, I, 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 I would have looked around, but I think the other thing is, is that if I had known the other bull was in the area or, you know, I mean, coming up through, I stopped calling. There was no need to call after, you know, when I realized that that bull was, was on a string and he was coming, you know, he was coming right to us. Well, I stopped doing anything. And when I was laser beamed on him, if I had been looking around a little bit and I knew that the other bull was, you know, within that range, I, I would have, you know, I would have tried to cow call to stop him or to do something. And I, I just got caught up in the moment, you know, and I thought I did the right thing by, you know, I stopped calling with, you know, with the little bull and, and, and I thought it was good. He came right into us. We didn't alert him. He didn't bark. He didn't, you know, he took off once. And then, you know, I called him down with a quick cow call. But by that time, the other bull was in the thick, you know, heavy stuff. And we, you know, I, there was no chance to get a shot at him. So, uh, long story short, you know, we, we, we played with those two bowls for, you know, another 15 or 20 minutes, but you know, the gig was kind of up. I, you know, I, the, the, the best setup was the original one and, and we, we just couldn't make it happen. They were interested, but they just weren't engaging after that point. So then you let them go. And, um, then what was your strategy after that? As far as, well, um... you know, they, they, they didn't move off real fast, but, um, you know, Jay, we, at that point, you know, we felt, you know, pretty strongly, um, we had kind of snuck in quote unquote in a little bit into their bedding area and you know how, you know, I mean, I, you know, how I learned it from you. Um, I, I don't like pushing bulls out of their beds. I don't like messing with that unless I'm, I've got him in sights and I see him bedded, you know, to take a stock on him. But um, we just felt that it was it was time to back off and get 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 out of you know we had done what we had done and it was you know it, it was time to to walk away and not push a, a bad situation or make it worse. Gotcha. 
So, so um, at this point, at this point, who uh, was Cody Goff with you too? At this you know what, point, uh, Cody, you... Cody, unfortunately, could not make it up on the first weekend. So it was myself and Dave Bruns and and Mike Hagany and and you know it was it was an awesome setup, and uh, and and boy, we did good. And and uh, um, you know Mike and and you know those guys were great. Um, it was kind of nice to have a couple different people calling. Um, they were, you know, 40, 50 yards behind me at one point, and, you know, I was doing, you know, the softer in-close calling, and they were doing, you know, some calling back behind me. And, uh, you know, Jay, it it, it it sounded, I mean, I can't even ask for, for a better situation. Awesome. So, yeah. So as so, the hunt progressed, um, tell me how kind of things unfolded. You know, we, we hunted the, I hunted the first uh I guess it was first six days, and I, I would just tell you that the, 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 those first six days were very much like what I just described to you. Um, you know, early mornings, you know, quick hour, may, you know, you might get a, you know, a couple, you know, more playful events than that. Um, but pretty much those bulls were going to bed pretty early. Um, and then, the, you know, the evenings were, were, you know, stuff would start lighting up, you know, that last half hour, 45 minutes, you know, maybe 15 minutes, depending on what we were doing. Um, you know, and it, it just, it was slow. It, we were in bowls, but it was just slow. And uh, so I left. I had to come back to, to the office here and, uh, and get some work done. And I so I think I was back for a day and a half. And, and uh, I, I joined up with Cody, and, and uh, we went back up to camp. And when we got up there that Friday, um, I would tell you, Dave, uh, you know, between Dave and Mike and everybody up there, I, we all kind of felt that things had changed. The bulls were now starting to be a little more receptive. They, it just felt like they were engaging. And I would tell you that Friday was good. Um, and, you know, uh, Saturday morning was awesome. And, I, we had really high expectations for there was a, a big bull that we were kind of chasing that was at the, uh, it was a 360 bull, real pretty, um, super long, you know, points and, and, and big old whale tail in the back. So we snuck up into a, a little high meadow and, um, God, Jay, we, we, we waited there. Oh, we sat there for almost two. We were in there at about four o'clock in the afternoon and we, we sat there for two, two and a half hours and didn't hear a single bugle, not a single cow. I mean, nothing. There was nothing going on, and it was just slow. So we decided to, to hike back to the truck, and uh, we got within about 400 yards of the truck, and we snuck around this little rock ledge, and sure enough, the big 360 bull standing right in the middle of a saddle, and uh, and and he's about to start fighting with another bull. And... Um, and I'm telling you that we watched a fight that it rivals any fight that I've watched to this point, whether it was on video or anything else. These these bulls were knocking each other over their trees and everything else. And so we got into position, and as true fashion would have it, when bulls start fighting, you run like you run like the wind and go right at them. And so we closed the distance. I I think I. I, Jay, when I first got a good look at the bull and knew that it was the bull we were looking for, um, I, we probably covered, I don't know, two or 300 yards pretty quick. And when I got out on this little rock, you know, deal that I was kind of standing on, um, I, I bet we closed the distance to 25 yards. Um, 
And, and at I mean, that the, point, were they still just Oh, my up God. And... The dust was flying, horns cracking, cows running around, bulls bugle. I mean, it was just, I mean, all within literally three minutes, it went from dead quiet to, it went like, like I mean, it was just, it was just a frenzy. Well, at this point, it's, it literally is getting to that point where you're starting to think, God, can I even shoot legally? And I'm at 25 yards on the animal, and, and so as soon as they break up, I got my, you know, I got Dave back behind me, and they start cow calling. So I got Cody and Mike and Dave, and Mike happens to be carrying one of those Miss September decoys, which I've never used. And, Jay, let me tell you this. When Dave started cow calling, and Mike is literally in, in just, I mean, holding at this point because of the angle and where he was, he's literally holding it up. Not hiding behind it. He's just holding out in front of him. That bull saw that cow decoy, and with his cow calling, it it was like somebody pulling that bull on a string. And we we made it tactically. We couldn't have changed anything because we were just stuck in a spot. But Dave was calling, doing a great job. Tones were good, perfect volume. And that bull started coming. I had him at 45 yards. And the only thing that was bothering me was I, I, I looked at my pin. I could see the bull. I could see my pins. My only problem was is that I knew it was 702, 705, or whatever it was. And I was like, God, I, I just, we're, and the sun's down, but I can see the bull. I can't see his antlers really well. And I'm kind of glad I... I, you know, was paused and, and, and at least I, I, I didn't feel comfortable with my range because I knew that there were some gray bushes in front of him. I didn't know whether I was getting the bushes or getting him. So I let off. And as soon as I let off that, the bull came, you know, quote unquote, disengaged with the cow calling and he turned around. And that's when I saw that he literally, his entire main beam was broken half. <laughs> so it, it, you know, you could see that fresh, white, clean, you know, bone. And I, it just, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I bet that main beam's laying over there. We can fix that. Um, you know, or Clay would do a, you know, <laughs> Clay would Clay, Clay would look a at that and go, yeah, I, I, could, I could do a patch job on that, no problem. But, uh, you know, I just didn't feel right about it. And, you know, I, I, I didn't feel good about the distance. And I thought maybe my range was, I, I didn't know whether I was hitting the bushes or not. So that's how dark it was. And, and you know what? Sometimes you just got to make the right call and back off. And, and uh, so we literally, Jay, at that moment, realized that the rut had changed. Yeah, it's like over, you know, just all of a sudden that we always talk about the the switch of the, or the flip of the switch. You're, you're saying that that was the defining that, moment. That of, was you know, the moment changed. in the hunt where everybody was like, okay, now it's it's go time. So we literally had to sit there in the dark for probably 45 minutes to to an hour just to let everything settle down and clear out of that saddle we didn't push anything we didn't scare anything but now we had to we had to figure out how to get back to the truck so i mean you either went to wade through the bulls or to go around or yeah i mean if we were going to go around to god that was a i mean that's a five or six mile that was probably a five mile deal i don't know you know four or five miles but then 
so we did. We let everything clear. We kind of felt everything settle, and we just we stayed low on the on the right side, and we we went back up to the truck, and we made a plan that night. We were going to go right back in there, and and sure enough, the the bull that I ended up killing was the bull that that broke this this bull. But we went right back in there in the morning, and we went in there let's extra take, early. Let's take a quick break, real fast. Real game calls featuring the elk reel. Real Game Calls makes innovative, realistic, and easy-to-master calls using their proprietary, revolutionary design. They are located and manufactured in Gypsum, Colorado. Their calls were designed and battle-tested on some of the hardest-hunted terrain on Earth. Check out ElkReel.com. Use the promo code JSCOTT and receive a 20% discount on all purchases. Go to www.ElkReel.com. Okay, so that morning you went right back in there. Yeah, we went right back in there. We we got in there, you know, extra early thinking we were going to have to hike in and and you know, it was one of those mornings, Jay, when you you know, you you pull up, you turn the lights off and everything, you know, you got the lights turned off in the truck and you're shutting the doors extra quiet and doing your thing. And Jay, we we probably could have had a party on the hill because the the elk at that point, they were 50 yards from us. And they were absolutely going nuts. There, it, it, there was more bulls in there in the morning than there were at, at, at you know the evening before. And you could hear the cows calling and talking, and and I mean, so we 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 literally we shut everything down. We literally got away from the trucks. We put we literally put the trucks between us and the bulls, and sat down and just waited. And we just listened. And we just kind of took a, a, an inventory of all the bulls bugling right in that saddle. And we probably waited a good hour and a half. We get 30 or 40 yards off the trucks. And literally the first, I mean, there's a cow. I, I, they, they must have either heard us or figured that we were other elk coming in. Um, you know, it's just, we weren't trying to, we were trying to be silent, but, you know, you kick rocks once in a while. Um and sure enough, we have little raghorn just come barreling. I was 10 yards from this raghorn. So we literally had to kind of circumvent this whole frenzy going on to try to get to the other side of the saddle. We ended up calling two more bulls in that, you know, it, were not shooters. The the big, the, the broke, you know, big six and the bull that I ended up shooting pushed the cows up and over into another meadow or saddle, I should say. And we hustled up, we got on top of there and, you know, thank God, you know, we had, you know, Cody was with me and, you know, Cody's kind of like that little, you know, guy on your shoulders talking in your ear. And he says, man, I, 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 those bulls, I, I saw him dip over on the left side over there. And, and he was absolutely right. Dave and, my, and we, we had four people with us, uh, you know, myself and Dave Bruns and, and Mike Hagany and Cody we got right up to the edge of where they dipped off and, and Jay, I, I, uh, you know, I had to be prodded a little bit, but uh, you know, you, you know how I am about always, you know, not bugging them in their beds. Well, they dipped off into this little shelf and, and, you know, Cody and, and everybody was like, Hey, well, let's be a little more aggressive. And we did, we dropped right in with them. We were kicking rocks, making noise, cow calling. 
and it threw these three bulls into an absolute frenzy. And I'm talking to where they were cutting each other off with their bugles. They were bugling on top of each other. You can hear the cows. And all the while, you know, Cody and I at this point, Mike and, and Dave stayed behind. And Cody and I were trying to sneak up into the timber a little bit and get, you know, just break that, that you know, 50-yard distance. And as soon as Jay, we, we, we broke that 50 yards, and you could kind of tell, you could, you could just feel, feel it in the air that it was completely different. The bulls were engaging the calls. They were, um, I, I, I broke the silence. I let out a good cow call, just that, that, you know, three kind of, um, you know, just that kind of come here, talk to me. I'm here. We've been following you and I'm ready. And long story short, it just infuriated that bull that we weren't coming. And so he would bugle, and I got a little aggressive with him and would cut him off and, and, and cow call right on top of him. And as soon as I did that, I could kind of sense, and, you know, Cody says, I think that bull's pushing the, other, the cows away. And as soon as he did that, we could, we could feel the other bull start. You know, you, he turned his bugle towards us. Not, you know, he wasn't bugling at the other bulls anymore. He was concentrated on us. And so I calf called or, you know, just a little soft mew over the, you know, back of my shoulder away from me. And as soon as I did that, it, it infuriated that I think, he, you know, we were just trying to make the impression that, hey, we're, you know, we're moving over here. And Jay, it pulled him like a string. He came right down um, onto this little bench and trail and I could, he was glunking and he was, he stopped once and bugled. I cow called right on top of him again it infuriated him. Uh, I was using the blue diaphragm call from, uh, you know, from Steve Chapel and, and, and Rocky. And, uh, man, it, it was the sweetest sound and it worked really well for me. And I just, you know, I was just using the one call like that. And as soon as, as soon as he held up, I, I did one more little calf call over my shoulder, like we were leaving again. And, and it was all over that the bull started glunking and coming right at. And I had one little tree for that bull to, to, to pass. And I had already pre-ranged it at, you know, at 23 yards, the bull actually stepped in front of it. And, you know, he, he pulls up and just as his nose breaks that tree, I let out just a small calf cow or, you know, calf cow call. And, uh, and the bull froze and, and I, I slipped one in, in the ribs and uh and it was a good solid hit and uh it 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 just that whole thing kind of came to grips and and I knew he was a good you know heavy bull um didn't have a lot of time length but um just the experience of having your best friend over the over your Cody was so cool about it he literally he, he said he could look through my pins at the, I mean even though I was holding the bow and he said he could look through the pins and see the bull and uh, yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool moment. And, uh, and, 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 and then, and then he leaned over and admitted, he said, I left my phone in my pocket. He's like, I should have had that on video. And we started laughing. And, uh, and at this point the bull ran down, he ended up going about 80 yards down below us. And, uh, he, uh, we, we, we probably, we probably followed up on him a little bit too soon. Um, when I got to him, he was just taking his last breaths. And so we backed off and, and let him have a, a moment. And, and within about, 
you know, 30, I don't know, 30, 45, I don't know what it was. He put his head down and he never moved again. And, and boy, was I, I was just relieved and all those emotions and, and, you know, it, I, I couldn't have asked for a better situation. I couldn't have asked for better calling. Um, like I said, Dave and, and Mike and, and the whole situation, um, you know, Cody being there and, you know, he didn't get to come on the first hunt and, and I, I just, I wouldn't have had it any other way. And, uh, and, and, you know, the bull ended up being a tremendous bull and, and, uh, he's something I'm very proud of and, and, uh, man, what a super, super heavy old bull. Yeah. You know, something that's so unique about the bull is it's, it's, it's when I saw it in the back of your truck, it's main beam. It's just heavy. It's just a big, heavy bull. And like his, his, one of his eye guards droops down. Um, but it's like proportionally the beam is massive. Uh, you know, proportionally it's, uh, it's, it, I don't mean, it's hard to describe. It's, it, well, I mean, it, it, you know, for the listeners, he doesn't have a point on him that's over 17 inches long. He's got 60, or I'm sorry, 64 inches of mass. His main beams are 51 and a half and, and 55. And it's 51 and a half. It, it's got that old, cool, bladed out, flamed looking, you know, appearance to it. Um, his thirds, one of them's four and a half or five inches. Um, but the thing that, that is the amazing deal, he's got 64 inches of mass, Jay. He does. He has one, his, his H4 mass measurement is six and seven eighths. So everything else is, is nine, eight, or sevens. So, I mean, it's it, the bowl, it's just super massive. Um I think the other thing that's interesting about him is I, I killed, you know, obviously with you, uh, a 23 North Bull a few years back. And I compared the, the bases, now not the, the, not, not the H1 measurement, but the, the, the base measurement above the burr, it's 10 and a half inches. Wow. I mean, I, I, I've, I've, never, I've, never, I've never put my hands around a bull with that. I've ne- I've, it's 10 and a half inches. It's crazy. So I mean, yeah, it, he's, uh, a, the, he's the, a neat dark horn bull. Just a, oh, yeah. just a really, really I, I got, cool bull. I got really, really lucky. He's completely unique, um, and the bull ended up going. I, I think when Cody and I did it the next morning, I think we it ended up going three twenty nine and seven eighths. And I, awesome. I'm amazed at how much mass. I mean, it's just it's all the mass because there's just you know there's not a lot of time length in him, and and he's just a neat, cool old bull. And, uh, for, and, and, he, it, and he sawed off that 360, just sawed off the bull. Oh, he, he sawed off that bull like it was nothing. <laughs> he, he sawed it off like it was nothing. Interesting to, to say, Jane, I don't know what your experience with this. I've never, I've never even had the interest of weighing another bull's antlers. Um, but my, the, the antlers, I weighed them last night, and it was 30 pounds on the nose. And, I, and, and it's just a skull plate. There's no... It's not a European mount. It's the skull's not there. It's just a skull plate and the two antlers. And it was 30, yeah, I mean, 30 pounds on the nose. He's definitely one of those bulls that, that you don't want in an area that you're hunting because <laughs> you know that he's going to go up to any bull that has, you know, a 20-inch beautiful, you know, fourth point or, or you know, 19, 20-inch thirds, and he's just going to snap them off with one head shake. Yeah, no, Absolutely. 
I mean, those main beams are just basically, ba you know, battering rams, you know, just, just basically, yep. you know, breaking points left and right. So yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad so, you had a great hunt. And um, I learned a lot, cool Jay. Stuff. I, uh, you know, I made, I made a bunch of mistakes, but I learned a lot. And, uh, just the situation that it was, I, I could not be happier, um, with that bull and the experience that we had. So that's I just, great. I, I could not be happier. So but yeah, there was lots to lots to learn and and lots to uh, you know lots to you know I hadn't had an elk tag in ten years. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was fortunate to be with you on your on the two other bulls you shot with your bow. I'm sorry I missed this one, but I'm well, glad you had good, hey, good I, help I, there. I, and... You know, I kept my average down, right? <laughs> I shot him at 18 yards, so now I've got a bullet, you know, like seven or eight yards, a, a bullet, 18 yards, and a bullet, 17 yards. I I. I I don't know. I keep I keep doing my average. I guess it's just all you need is one pen, and it's the top pen, and just make it twenty yards and call it good. No, it's kind of funny, Jay. You you uh, you asked me earlier about just situations, and and you know I, I spent a lot of time around you know obviously you and Dar and and Steve Chapel and and you know those are you know I mean you know I I don't consider myself a great caller by any means, but you know, you pick up little things here and there and you, you pick up little things along the way. And, and, you know, I made some mistakes on this hunt and, uh, and, and, but I just, you know, wanted to say thanks because there were some things that I've heard you do. There's some things that I've heard you say to do. And some of those things I did, you know, like, you know, just like cutting that bow off and being aggressive with him and cow call him right back on top of him, and, you know, just sweet talk him. And, uh, and I thought that those things, you know, in those certain situations, I just, you know, I just, you just react and do it and you kind of learn quick again. And, and I haven't been elk hunting, you know, the last few years just because of running the shop and being busy and, you know, and having other tags and kind of stuff. But, you know, there was some things, you know, I had another bull in the beginning of the hunt, Jay, that um, would not come to a cow call. And I, we, we watched this bull get blown out by another hunter. And when the bull went back he, he he went out on this little little tuft of grass and in this thick stuff and he went back to that spot again and, and I tried to loop around him and and Jay you asked me about making mistakes or not mistakes or and I, I thought it was interesting that that the old me the you know the guy that you know used to hang around out camps for 12 years and every day the minute I saw that bull get blown out by the other hunters, I should have literally in an instant took off at a dead run because I knew where the bull was going back to, and I paused. And hesitated. when I hesitated, and I literally sat there and thought, I had the terrain, I had the cover, I had everything I needed to do to get within 30 yards of that bull, and I blew it. And and. It, and it wouldn't have been, it wasn't like some 300-yard run or it wasn't, it, it would have taken me to cover maybe 70 yards. And I just paused for a brief moment. And in that brief moment, I gave that, that bull enough ground to cover where I couldn't cover that distance now without being spotted. And I just, you know, you just think about those things that, you know, sometimes I think, you know, we, we get too careful and we're trying not to blow them out and go crazy. But I think when the rut's on and, and you kind of watch a bull do something and he, and he starts to do it again, I think you got to be aggressive and, and learn from that. And I, boy, 
man, if I had, you know, not that I regret killing the bull I did, but that bull was a beautiful bull too. And man, I just, I just flat out made a mistake. Flat out yeah. made a mistake. I just was not aggressive enough. I know it's it's one thing, you know, but the thing you're doing is after the hunt, you're looking at it and seeing what you could do different. And, you know, if you get put in that position again, you're going to be able to, to react. And the, the thing is that I think is good is you recognize that you did make a mistake and that you knew you made a mistake. So, you know, it probably won't happen again. Um, I, I had... Um, we're not going to go into full detail on my beaver hunt, um, but I am going to tell the listeners all about it uh, here in, a, in another episode. But um, I had a big bull that I was chasing, and I made a mistake in that uh, I didn't hear any elk bugling. I got up to a little uh, crest of a ridge. Uh, I, I cow called, and a little dinky raghorn bull uh, uh, bugled uh, down off into this little bench. I didn't have my sneaky feet, by the way. Um, I was using those sneak tech uh, memory foam uh, sneaker uh, feet uh, this year, and they're unbelievable. Um, really? Best ones I've ever worn. They're just incredible. They're they're a lot like those old Carlton stalker feet with the gray, you know, like felt bottom. Right. They kind of have that design, uh, but there's they've got kind of a bungee cord system that straps onto your boot better and. Anyway, a real like a inch and a half uh, thick memory foam, and then there's kind of like this. Uh, um, it, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's got a, a soft uh, kind of sock around the whole thing. It, it's really good. But anyway, I didn't have those feet on, so I thought, ah, it sounds like a dink, and so I popped those. It took me a second. I sat on the ground and put my shoes on, and the way the wind was blowing, I had to move over about 50 yards, or else the bull was going to come right in and, and wind me. By the time I moved over 50 yards, he was standing where I was putting on my shoes, and he sounded like a dink. I mean, like a like a four point just <laughs> dink raghorn. And so I thought, ah, um, I I thought, well, I'll just video him and show Tony the video. I thought, ah, you you better knock an arrow and be ready. And so I knocked an arrow kind of haphazardly, and and I. Um, it, I made the mistake of I didn't pick the best spot to set up. I made one cow call over my right shoulder behind me, and the bull came straight in on a string, just oh, 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 just moaning the whole way, just boom, right to me. And it was the big bull I'd been after. Oh. And he came, <laughs> he came into five yards, and if I would have taken a little bit more care in my setup, uh the only place that he had to stop was one bush that was between me and him. If I would have set up to the left of it or to the right of it, I would have had a point blank shot at a giant bull. And I look back, uh, I look back at that situation of taking a bugle and assuming that it's a dink. And then it turned out to be the giant that I was actually hunting Yep. And I called him into five yards and I look back as that that's one of the defining moments of my hunt as far as I I had my opportunity and he was five yards standing on the other side of a tree from me and no shot. But if I would have taken, you know, acted like that bull was the giant that I was after, he'd be dead. We, we'd be looking at him, you know, we'd be 
sending pictures back and forth of this bull. And so anyway, I mean, we all learn from mistakes and there's some other mistakes that I, that I made, uh, with, I, I had another 10 yard encounter with the same bull, um, that I'll talk about another time. But, um, I think it's good that you can recognize there's things you could do different. Um, I, I do it every day. seems like I, I always second guess. Well, and well, you know, uh, I think that's what makes people good at what they do is if they can realize that they can always learn from, from, you know, Jan, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a deal that's been passed around on, on Facebook and it's a picture of a big old male, you know, African lion. Right. Yeah. And the, and the caption the caption on it says, if I'm not winning, I'm learning. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, it's my, it's one of my favorite things I've seen on, on because it, it, you know, and I, I've explained it my, to my kids when they're playing baseball or, you know, guys, you know, I'm always trying to win, but when I'm not winning and if things aren't going right, you got to be able to look at stuff and go, okay, what can I do better? What yeah. should I have done? And you lock that into your memory bank, and you, you know you hopefully recall it the next time. Some of us take takes a few more times to learn than others, and that's okay. But yeah. you know you just you're always if you're not doing something the way and it's not working out the right way, you're learning for the next time, and that's you know that's how you get good. Or you know it's it's you know it, it, you just you're always trying to to better your situation. So. Well, that's great advice there. Um, Cody, it's been awesome having you on. Uh, it was great seeing you and Cody. Um, sorry I didn't get to spend more time with you, but it was awesome to get to see your bull. Can't wait to see it in person. Um, good. Uh, just wish you uh, the best with this uh, Swarovski sale coming up. And um, what what hunts do you have? Uh, do, do you have any deer hunts? What are you looking forward to now? You know what, Jay? Uh, I, unfortunately, um, and, you know, I know everybody's going to be real, feel real bad for me because I've had a strip tag last year and the 23 South tag this year, and I had my antelope tag a couple years before that. So I know everybody's real heartbroken to hear that I don't have a deer tag this year. And uh, But uh, Cody's got a, uh, the other Cody, Cody Goff, has um, a deer tag in 22 on the October season. So that's my, uh, that's my next hunt that I'm looking forward to going on and helping out and, and seeing if Cody can, uh, you know, punch his tag on a, uh, on a, on a cooser. So that's what oh, I'm getting, good. getting pretty excited about. Good. I know that's always a hunt that we look forward to. I know Dar's out shooting with his boys this morning and getting ready for nice. the juniors coos deer hunt. And I believe they have a general season coos deer hunt. And then, um, Dar and I have been, chipping away at this auction uh desert bighorn sheep uh yeah, i'm excited and, uh, to hear about that too yeah so um time time will uh hopefully tell on that and hey, Jay, hopefully one, we'll have some good results one thing before i forget i just wanted to make sure that everybody uh still knew that uh they still have a month left for the ultimate gear giveaway for the outdoorsman's if you go to www.outdoorsmans.com forward slash giveaway and uh, it, it's, it's you know, our packages with the X5 rifle scope or the long-range pack in, in vinyl harness or an outdoorsman's tripod adapter and head of your choice. So, um, you know, outdoorsmans.com forward slash giveaway. And uh, you can still enter your email, and we're going to be choosing winners uh, after the, uh, the 31st of uh, October. 
Awesome. Yeah. You know, I've been getting, um, I've been gone for, uh, 30 days or something, um, close to 30 days. Uh, but I've been able to kind of stay in touch with my, um, email and Instagram and Facebook messages. And I've been getting a lot of response from listeners that are, uh, getting gear and, and, you know, packs and bino adapters and optics and all sorts of stuff. So I know you're just swamped busy down there at the outdoorsman's, well, which yeah, is awesome. I guess awesome. it's the time to say thank you for, you know, being a part of us too. Um, you know, we love being a sponsor, but at the same time, um, you know, uh, you're helping us and, and we've had a lot of people respond to us from your podcast and it's good information. And it's, uh, I think it's, I, I've really enjoyed seeing, uh, uh, you, you posting a lot of the people that are getting information from your podcasts and actually using it in the field. I think that's, uh, I think that's what the whole point of this podcast is. Yeah. For me, it's so rewarding for people to send me messages and, you know, uh, hashtag on Instagram and different things and saying they get value from the podcast. And that's my goal is to, you know, provide education and information and and try and help people to get better and have guests like yourself on that can provide information and and bring value. And so, you know, for me, super humbling. Um, It's super exciting to have uh, you know, the feedback that, that, that I've had and uh, I've got a real loyal, uh, listener base and it's just, uh, it, you know, it's, it's super humbling every yep. day to wake up to, you know, all the messages that I have, all the emails from listeners. And, um, you know, I, I get a bunch of messages coming back from guys saying how well they were treated at the outdoorsman's and, and, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things, you know, it's kind of a brotherhood here. And, and, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't be more happy with the way things are going. And I'm um, so thankful to be in the position that I'm in to be able to provide this and, and, uh, help people out. So, um, thanks for being a part of it. And until next time, buddy, God bless. And, uh, off to come in there and uh, see that bull in the daylight. One of these Absolutely. days. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's get together soon. And, uh, thanks again, Jay. And, uh, thanks to all the listeners and, uh, and all the supporters. We appreciate it guys. Thank you very much. All right, buddy. Take care. Have a great day.